You are now tuned into DAR Sports Media, the sports podcast for people who go outside where we go three for four and one for one on parlays, where we will tell you what's going to happen in the games before they happen, where we are here in our respective homes in the Northeast, in the Southeast, in the Mid-Atlantic, and not in Cancun, where the Dallas Cowboys are already at we aren't going to go on the usual. I know a lot of podcasts out there. My God, Jason Aponte, uh, one of the best 49ers content creator out there. I know people like that. You guys are out there. You're doing your thing. You're tap dancing on the graves of the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Rams. And I appreciate that that for you. But here, we don't dedicate a ton of time to losers. And we all knew, as of last week, there's a bunch of fucking losers on all those fucking squads. And I, we're just not going to beleaguer the point. And nobody on this podcast is surprised at what happened. We fucking told you what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Dallas got motherfucking smoked by the Packers. Knew it was going to happen. Uh, I got True and Tay right here right now. Actually showing up a little bit later. You guys got any thoughts on that? Uh. On that Dallas Packers situation. Um, yeah, I'll go. Uh that's just the story of the Cowboys. That's that's how they that's how they play football. You know, we, we already knew that was gonna happen. We said we don't pick the Cowboys, and it worked. That's the only time I ever agree with anyone. But yeah, the Cowboys, they came out flat and they just couldn't come back. Well, they they came out better in the second half, but when you're down by 40, I mean, that's it. Mm-hmm. You're over it. You know, and Jordan Love. Climbing up the QB rankings, like I said at the beginning of the season. Hey, last uh, last nine games, or I believe it's last twelve games, twenty nine touchdowns, one interception. So, uh, yeah, he, he's he's right up there. I mean, I'd say he's uh, uh, maybe a little more consistency, see a little bit more of it, but I don't want to be too crazy. But right now. I'd say definitely he's uh, out just outside, you know, that probably that six to ten range, um, just outside the 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 Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to discuss somebody who I think is going went ahead and played themselves off of that Rushmore Mount Rushmore on Monday night. Um, I think really mm-hmm. your only your only truly elite quarterbacks right now are Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Joe Burrow, and Lamar Jackson. I think that's it for our guy Jalen, but uh, we'll, we'll get to that game in that situation. Um, true, any thoughts, Cowboys, Packers? We have no, oh, we have brother. no, we have no affinity for losers around here, so you know, nobody yeah, here is surprised I mean, or wasting a bunch of time. Yeah, we don't, we don't have any uh, unusual allegiance to uh, to losers here. Um, I mean, what what more can you say? You know, fool me once, <laughs> shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. At that point, after you've been fooled like 12 times, I, at some point you just have to accept this is this is who they are. Um, you know, I know Jerry Jones would have loved to have padded the checkbooks and found a way to pull that game out, but the Packers gave them no opportunity to even do that. So 
Um, I don't know, man. I think we saw who the Cowboys were because the Cowboys hadn't had like a signature win all season, like a like a win where you went like, yeah, that the Cowboys are legit this year, and they never really do. Honestly, like I think that's the the, the other part of it. It's like they never have a signature win every single time. And what happens is you end up like, oh, okay, well, you have the, uh, you know, you got a, you got the Eagles who, you know, we'll get to them, prove that they were frauds. Um, you have, you know, a team that have surprised you, like the Bucks. If we go back like six weeks, I don't think anybody would expect the Bucks to be here. So. Um, you know, it, it just, this is the this is the NFL season, right? This is the season. This is how it goes. A lot of teams, some teams will end up where you least expect them to, and then some teams will end up right where you expect them to be. And I'd like to think that um, the Cowboys are exactly who we thought they were, and as a result, it is what it is. You know, you uh. <laughs> You know, you you see who they are, you you realize who they are, you see them for what they are, and you move accordingly. And that's just that's just what it is, man. The Cowboys are the Cowboys, and I, I will say, not to say too much about um about uh fucking uh, which um, the not to say too much about the Cowboys. I want to also talk about how great I think the um, the Packers are right now and, and how they pose a formidable challenge to somebody else's team here. Oh, we're, um, that's, where we're, that's where we're going next. You know, uh, so you know I, when you say the Cowboys are who we thought they were, we're about to have a real big, let's find out if these two teams are who we thought they were game in this 49ers-Packers matchup. Um mm-hmm. As per usual, uh, you ain't going to find me in here acting like this is going to be nothing. Like, we're going to walk over these dudes. You know, uh, the 10 points, they started off as 10-point underdogs. That is fucking crazy to me. I actually can't wait to go out and tease that down. Um, It is the ultimate, and it's interesting because I want to draw this parallel uh, when Axe got on. Because it's interesting that both the Ravens and the 49ers are kind of in the exact same situation. They're both facing the hottest team in their conference, and they're both facing young quarterbacks who are on a fire streak right now and feel like they can do no wrong. Both Ravens and 49ers coming off of two weeks, three weeks where they haven't played any meaningful football. Um, It's like the exact same scenario. And I think the Packers are even uh, more loaded than the, than the Texans are because um, they got a lot of star players on defense. The 10-point spread is insane to me. Uh, I'm excited to go out and tease that down whenever I go make some bets. Um, I think it's going to be closer than that. I think there's a decent chance if the 49ers don't come out and play a clean, intense game, I think there's a very good chance that the Packers might beat them. Um as a 49ers fan, somebody who's been going through this, especially since about 2014 when we made that Super Bowl against the Ravens and ever since then, and watching time after time after time 
after time, after time, where we have the most talented team, we have this, we have that, and then manage to find a way to fall short every time. Um, Yeah, I'm very concerned going into this game. A lot of people are pointing out metrics. Uh, their linebackers have very poor pass grades. They're, they're ranking in pass defense is very poor. Um, a lot of their defensive metrics are very poor. Um, but sometimes those metrics don't really reflect what a team is right now. They could have been very bad for very long stretches of time. And they're, it's not reflective of how hot the team is right now. Uh, and that is my primary concern coming into this week. Um, we've seen the 49ers display an inability to come back from behind. If there's a couple of mistakes, a couple of turnovers, and I'm not just talking about Brock Purdy. Some of our other star players love to fumble at the absolute worst fucking times as well. If there's a couple of mistakes, and that Packers offense gets rolling again, uh, and we get down by 10, it's a very concerning situation. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm not in any way counting this, chalking this up as a dub. Now, you know, people will say it's the youngest team in the playoffs. They're going to get a rude awakening when they go play some big boy football against some star players. Um, you know, you're not going to be out there pushing around or or big brother and Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner and those guys. But still, man, it's I was already saying in private. Packers and the Rams, are the two teams that concern me the most Rams are out. Packers are left and they concern me more now than ever. People will say they let the Cowboys back into that game kind of. But, you know, the foot was way off the gas. We heard a million times during that game how they're supposedly the number one offense in the league. So shouldn't be surprised they got a bunch of garbage yards and some garbage points. Um, yeah, it's concerning. I certainly don't feel comfortable about, about a 10-point favorite uh, spread line. What do you think there, True? Um, this game is going to be interesting to me. Um, you know, <clears throat> um, I think for the Packers, the ability to go into, uh, you know, someone else's stadium and own it in the fashion that they did against the the Cowboys and then take that newfound confidence. Because I know they had confidence before, but I think that's like a newfound confidence, right? Like you just, yeah, the, uh, you know, NFC East um, champions, right? The, 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 if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, and you just went into their, you know, to their homes and basically put your feet on the couch and said, fuck your couch. That's essentially what you did. And with that being the case, I feel like, you know, obviously, you know, obviously, you know, the 49ers have a couple more weapons offensively, the uh, better defense. So this is not going to be the same type of walk in the park. But I, I am mildly concerned for the 49ers. And the reason why, it's one name. <clears throat> and his name was very insignificant this past game. But Jaden Reed did absolutely nothing against the Cowboys. And they whooped their – I mean, obviously the Cowboys 
got their garbage time minutes. You know, they got their garbage time stats. Shout out to Dak. He's the garbage time king. <clears throat> but <laughs> but it's like when you look at that and it's like, man, imagine if they could get Jaden Reed involved in that game plan. Uh, Aaron Jones, you know, seems like he he he's, you know, cooking. You, you still got guys like a Christian Watson that can, uh, you know, give you a little bit of trouble. Um, you know, they, you might see Tucker Craft get, get get a couple more receptions. You know, what I mean? like there there's some weapons there that are like deceptive weapons. They don't they aren't names that pop out at you, but these are players you still need to watch very very closely. So, um, I don't know, man. I I, I would you know, smart money would say you know go with the go with the 49ers. It'll be a close game, but. It's a dangerous. This is a. This is. This is why it's the playoffs. This is why it's the playoffs, and this is why you love the playoffs. Because styles make fights, and in this one, this is a very interestingly matched. Um, you know, interestingly matched two teams, and uh, like I said, I'm I'm picking the 49ers, but. But you agree, ten points is crazy. That's fucking yeah. Nuts. I, I think I think it's a bit crazy, but I, I I can't I can't wait to tease that down to eight point five. <clears throat> but you just don't. But also, I guess another thing is you just don't know, right? Like you just you don't know. This could be a blowout. This could be a close game. Like it's just one of those things you just don't know what to expect with. Uh, yeah, I mean, with this man, uh, we're coming off, you know these weeks of not playing well ask the Jaguars what it was like playing the 49ers off of a bye week didn't go so didn't go so great for them um but it is it is is the ultimate version of this scenario that nobody wants their team in when they have the bye we're coming off of three weeks of no ball and we're playing the hottest team going Huge test. Very concerning. Tay, what are your thoughts on Packers Niners? Um, I think the Niners will win. You know, I, I do. I, I want to root for the young team. You know, I don't really like the old players. <laughs> you, know, not, you know, the old players are terrible. But, uh, yeah, uh, the Packers will put up a fight. Or, actually, you know what? I'm going to go with the opposite. I'm going to go with them having one of those, you know, them low-scoring games that they do. Like, how they were playing in the regular season, where they would just be a no show in offense. I'm gonna go with that that Packers uh offense this week. I just think 49ers gonna come out strong. Everyone's healthy. Everyone got that that rest. That rest will work good for the 49ers. You know, I don't think they'll come out flat at all. Yeah, I I I got the Niners taking care of business. Now that I sit here and think about it, yeah, I, I just I don't know. I think the Packers are gonna just they're gonna come out flat. Like they had a lot of regular season games like that. I understand this isn't the regular season, but I do think that we'll come out Black, you know. Yeah. Next match up. I'm trying to think of a way to, to dovetail this stall till Axe gets on. Well, there we go. Got Bill's Chiefs. Interesting. <clears throat> I you know what? Triple H versus Undertaker. I'm telling you right now. I I mean I'm assuming you guys watched everything because it's the playoffs. So there's you know it's just these games are the marquee, right? It's all that's going on that day. So I'm assuming you watched Bill Steelers, man. 
The Bills let let the Steelers hang around in that game way too much for my comfort, especially lacking T.J. Uh, Watt. I'm not so sure about the Bills. If the if the Chiefs receivers decide to show up and I don't know, catch a, a pass, catch a pass or two, it is asking a lot. If the Bills receivers show up and catch a pass or two, uh, I think the Chiefs are going to be on their way to the AFC Championship. A big part of this, the Chiefs running game has been pretty nasty uh, lately. Pacheco's been pretty hot. The Bills defense, man, looks fucking weak. Weak ass. Um, Like I said, definitely let the Steelers hang around all that time with almost no threat of the pass. Um, Just straight up playing the run, and they were still moving the ball somewhat on them. Uh, Yeah, I think if the Chiefs receivers can even have a C-plus, B-minus performance here, they're going to go. They're going to go over, and they're going to go to the AFC Championship. Uh, True thoughts on that, that Bill Steelers quickly and then... Chiefs Man, I, Bills. Do you think the Bills are finally going to put put away their MacGuffin? No, um, I don't, and it's because I don't believe in the Bills. I've never really believed in the Bills to begin with, so um, I don't see the Bills as this like amazing team that everybody does. Like, I think they're a good team. I think they're solid enough to get things done. Um, but I, I don't feel like what I watch from them, uh, in this game and, uh, you know, in, in games this season in general, I, I think there too, there's a bit of an inconsistency with the, with the Buffalo Bills, which is why they haven't made it to the point that I think everybody wants them to make it to, which is a Super Bowl. You know, Josh Allen is 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 really good quarterback, and I think he's you know obviously one of the best. But you also have to wonder about will um you know will Stephon Diggs show up? Will he have yards? Will he be there? You know, I think uh, James Cook did very good against the the uh, Steelers, but uh, they stopped kind of using him. (laughs) It looked like at one point they just stopped kind of you know, using them. And then the Steelers made enough of, I guess, a run to where it it, it was like, wow, okay, this is, you know, this is what's happening. You know, the Steelers are doing this. And, and you know, we saw a couple of, you know, plays where, uh, the you know, the Bills got away with some shit. So, you know, I, I thought it was interesting. So, um, I think the Chiefs, they are defending champions. And I believe that they have another gear to take it to. And I think Rasheed Rice makes so much of a difference for this team that even, even though I thought Travis Kelsey was decent uh, against the Dolphins, they were decent. But I think Rasheed Rice is the key. And although Chiefs defense isn't necessarily like some, you know, some amazing defense, but um, I, I just think with with Pacheco, uh, Rasheed Rice, I think Mahomes, Mahomes doesn't really have like a signature playoff performance, in my opinion, like like a winning signature playoff performance. He, he has a signature playoff performance where they lost, 
<clears throat> which I would say is um, was like the first playoff. I think he went against the Patriots, I think, and I think that was like. I mean, lost. you wouldn't call you wouldn't call coming back from down in what was it twelve fucking seconds? You wouldn't call that a, a signature playoff performance? Well, yes, that's a that's a moment. Leading right? his team a, through the Super Bowl with a with a broken fucking leg, hobbling around last year. No, no, <laughs> I think those are great, but I mean, like, like, let's see how I can describe it. Um, like when you look at a, like Tom Brady has the twenty eight point comeback where it's like masterful, and I, I don't think we've seen a masterful Mahomes performance yet. And people forget about um. The Super Bowl against the Seahawks, too. Seahawks had literally a top 10 defense of all time and were yeah. ahead by double digits. So they knew they Patriots had to throw. And Tom Brady threw them back into that game against a top yeah. 10 defense of all time. Like people kind of people kind of forget that one because it's overshadowed by them not giving the ball to Marshawn on the one yard line. Oh, one of the greatest moments but in NFL history. Uh, but yeah, okay. So yeah. that's what you mean. I got you. But that's what, you know he he needs that playoff moment where and I I think I guess in a way he does have it uh, that Texans game I think that counts where they went down and they came back so I think that counts but it's that that's a while that's a while ago right Deshaun Watson is quarterback for the Texans at the time so it's, it's been a while but uh, I think he uh, you know it's been a while so I think he has to kind of remind people like okay this is who I am this is what I do. And I and I think we're getting that game this this week coming up. I think this is Mahomes is going to have a great game. I think Rasheed Rice is going to be the X factor. Um, Pacheco obviously also is going to going to do his thing, but I really think Rasheed Rice is going to be the key. Um, for all the sports betters out there, I would take Rasheed Rice perhaps for a touchdown or two. Um, I could, like I said, I just, I just see it happening, seeing it going, you know, going a certain way. And um, yeah, man, I'm, uh, I'm excited. Uh, like I said, I'm excited to see this game, and I think mm-hmm. the Chiefs are gonna win. But there's always that chance that Chiefs show up flat, <clears throat> out of sync because they've looked out of sync a lot this year. So, um, you know, it's a toss up, but I feel like the Chiefs just have their number, and the Bills are just not ready. But I think they're past ready. I think they're just not that good anymore. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I, just, I don't think they're ready. You know, I just think for me, I, I just don't feel like they're ready to to be the team that takes it to the next level, which is the Super Bowl. I think they've. I think regression starts to set in after a while. I think the Chiefs. Yeah, are I mean, that's. Ahead. I think that's where the Bills are at. They were ready. They were that get that team, but now they're going backwards. So. Yeah, so. I think the Chiefs are slowly regressing too, but I mean, oh yeah, for sure. You've won what two championships, right? Uh, so it's okay to it's okay to regress if you if you only make it to the AFC Conference Championship and you don't go back to the Super Bowl. Your history still says every single year, right? I think every single year you've made it to what at least the AFC champ, uh, Conference Championship. So that is a hell of a run. So. I think they'll continue that. I don't know if they'll go farther than the AFC Conference Championship, but I got the Chiefs. Not confident in that pick completely, but logic says I, I'm going to go Chiefs 
on the road too, right? On the road. Oh yeah, so. yep. It's it's Patrick Mahomes' first on the road playoff game. Yeah, he coming to win. He coming. And to I win. and I I respect. You know, I I actually really really like Patrick Mahomes as a, as a face of the league and you know, a player. But when I heard that, it just just that particular thing, I got fucking annoyed. I'm like, you little bitch. Of course, like all of your playoff games have been <laughs> little fucker. Uh, like you need more advantages. Um, Tay, Bills, Chiefs. Um, I'm definitely going. I'm I'm definitely going with the Bills. Oh, see, I about to say we had across the board for 49ers Packers. So now you got to get in here and get get your contrarian picks going. Yeah, I, I can't do that. But yeah, I for sure got the uh, I for sure got the Buffalo Bills. Um, I think Josh Allen. You know, since since they uh, fired their coach, Josh Allen has been great. People talk about the turnovers, but even still, his touchdown turnover ratio is still at the top of the NFL. As much as he turns the ball over, uh, he can run with any like he's I mean, he was the best runner on his team last week. Yeah, that run was fucking crazy. I don't even think Stefan Diggs needs to, to show up. I think it's just gonna be Josh Allen, carry job. I mean that that's that's what he likes. He's just that kind of quarterback. Um, and I think they'll be. It'll be. It'll be like twenty-one seventeen. It'll be like one of them games. The Chiefs don't score a lot of points. Like I, they're not. They don't really score thirty like that. Like that's not common for them this year. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna definitely. I'm gonna definitely go with the Bills. Uh, you know, I think Mahomes will lose his first home playoff game. I, I think first road, first road playoff game. Me. Oh yeah, yeah. Away yeah. game. My fault. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. You know, you know, it's not everyone's year. I think it's Josh Allen's year though. You know, I, I I think they'll slide right past the Chiefs. Don't be surprised if it's double digits, though. You think it's gonna be they're gonna beat them by double digits? I'm gonna go yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go 24-4. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna exact revenge, huh? From all these times. I think their quarterback is younger. <laughs> An old man Mahomes at 27. Uh what is Josh Allen like 26, 25? I don't know. Josh Allen was a. He could be a four year I'll look it up. Um, so we alluded to it a little bit before. No, they're the same age. Josh Allen and Mahomes. Oh, now Tay's going to doubt hey, himself. Nah, Mahomes is 28. Oh, okay. He just turned 28. Well, there you yeah. go. Old. Old. <laughs> This is absolutely the worst shit of all time. This is, this is the worst shit of all time. This is the worst. The worst. Oh. Has speaking of fucking losers that I'm not going to spend a ton of time tap dancing on. Eagles <laughs> Well, I'll just say this. I'll just say this. There ain't been a fan base that has more fucking richly deserved what has fucking happened than the fucking Eagles fans. I hope you had so much fun rubbing it in that you beat a fucking team from last year that had a court, no fucking quarterback, running back, playing quarterback. You guys were still talking shit about it. Even after the Niners whooped that ass this year. So I hope the memories of that keep you warm at night because the 49ers 
fucked your whole shit up this year. And you have deserved everything that has happened ever since then. Has. They looked fucking ridiculous on Monday night. Ridiculous. As Jalen Hurts played himself out of uh, the elite tier. Absolutely. Oof. Oof. Like, I mean, come on, man. Like, that was... Jalen Hurts has been embarrassing ever since the Eagles uh, were, like, 10-2. and Something like that. I think he's been embarrassing. I think the amount of the amount of uh, interceptions, amount of turnovers, the uh, being so lackadaisical on the field, the obvious chemistry issues that this team has, it's affecting his ability to be, a, you know, effective quarterback. Now, don't get me wrong. I think there's a chance to redeem himself, but his confidence was shaken. And I think what happened for the Eagles is that they got to the Super Bowl ran up the score, <laughs> then shit the bed. And in their mind, it was like, oh, okay, well, it's just this and, and, you know, this happened because of this. And, you know, if we did this, then this would make a difference and, and we'd be fine and, and blah, blah, blah. And unfortunately, that's just not how this works. So... I think that's the problem is that like the way that they think these things work, it's just not how it works. And unfortunately, when you go into a situation like they did against Tampa Bay, you have to come out and play. Obviously, there's no AJ Brown, so that was obviously a problem. I get that, whatever. But to go out there and move the way that they move and play the way that they play. Um, I was honestly like, I was disgusted. I was like super disgusted by that. And I thought that was one of the worst showings for a team that had made the Super Bowl the year prior that made it to the playoffs again the next year. I thought it was one of the worst showings you could come out with. It was super flat. You don't do anything. Like, really, you didn't do anything. And I think that's the problem. They, they, they didn't do anything, which, which was the issue. Because you lost terribly. Like, you got your shit rocked. That's disgusting. So I guess that this is going to pretty much answer the the next uh, question I had was, do you think, I mean, you know, it sounds wild because it was less than a year ago the man was weeping before the Super Bowl that he led them to. You think they should fire Sirianni? I think so. Oh, boy. Yeah. I think they, they need to get rid of everybody. Why the fuck is Matt Patricia even a part of what they were doing? Like, why? Like, Matt Patricia I mean, you sucked. could you could draw the parallel and say that was that was Sirianni's choice. Yeah. Right, and then that went the exact way that Matt Patricia's fucking 
past history would indicate it was going to go Man. fucking terribly. <laughs> I just didn't get it, you know. I, I I I did not understand the thought process behind what they were. I, I really didn't get it, and their play calling trash. I've never been more disgusted at seeing some of those play calls than I was than I have been the last five to six weeks. Terrible play calling, terrible execution. <clears throat> and it's just like you start 10 and one and then you finish that way. That's like a um uh what do you call it? A um I'm trying to think of a good team. That's like a like one of those teams that start off at like in the NBA at like 20, they like 20 and five. And then by the end of the season, they're like 40, like 45 and like 37. <laughs> and it's like, you, you got a hot start. You start to feel yourself a little bit, but that's not who you really are. That is not who you really are. You ain't shit. That's not who you are. And unfortunately for the Eagles, all of that got revealed, and the asses is going home. I am assuming some changes are going to be made. But I think we talked about this on the last show. I think Tay had alluded to Devontae uh, Smith having a big game. I think it was Tay. Might have been Apollo, too. can't remember. <clears throat> and Devontae Smith had a great game without A.J. Brown whining on the sidelines. This is another situation to where, and it's funny because the run is the only good thing about the offense um, <clears throat> this past game. But it's like, imagine if A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith could work together and coexist and A.J. Brown would be whining all the fucking time. <clears throat> Which, like I said, in their hot start, A.J. Brown was great, you know? He, you know, what, what do you have, like five or six games of 100-some-plus yards? 120-plus, you know? yeah. You know, he was doing his thing, which is great. You know I mean? Like, that's what you want. And I think there's nothing wrong with getting a hot start and, you know, whatever. But, I mean, come on, man. Like, I like when, they, when the Eagles started to slowly go away from A.J. Brown, he handled it very unprofessionally and very stupidly to me. Tossing his helmet, fucking arguing it. Like, dude, if you're winning games or you're, you're, you know, if you're winning games, which they were at one point when I think it slowed down a little bit. But <clears throat> when you're not winning games and you're like, oh, well, I had 88 yards today. It's more of a like, oh, I did my part. The rest of the team didn't show up. And that's just not the way that, you know, that's just not how you do things, man. As a, uh, as a, as a, as a player like him. This is not the way you do things. And I don't know, man. I, I just was disappointed. And I was disappointed in the, in, in the Eagles and how they conducted themselves in general. I think Jalen Hurts is not a leader for the team. You know, he's not he's not a leader for the team. And that is that's a problem. You know, I think that's a that's an issue. You know, you need you need a leader on the field, and he's just not that. So, man, when they uh, 
when the tush push got stopped, I was like, this whole fucking era might be over. It's done. It's all right. Oh, shit. Tay. Has Jalen Hurts played himself out of the elite tier? And should they fire Sirianni? Well, if you if you've been listening to me all season about head coaches, I'm gonna ask you one thing: Does he call please? <laughs> if the answer is no, yeah, I know what I'm gonna say. So, yeah, he doesn't call please. So, yeah, why not? You know, get someone that will call please. Um, and I for- mean, because they fucking clearly need a new play caller. Because Jesus yeah. Christ, yeah, you know, and I just I just don't agree with the head coach just watching it just. I'm just waiting for my office to coordinate a fixed thing. Like, I, I don't like, I'm not a fan of that. Like, it's one thing to give, like, give the office coordinator some say. Like, you know, he can call some plays, but it comes to a certain point where you have to step in and you have to be the head coach and not be a, a fan. That's why I don't like head coaches that don't uh, do anything. Um, Yeah, he's a head coach that doesn't do anything. He, um, and well, he does do one thing. He led the league in times up pounding his chest to fans in another stadium when they only won because the player from the other team dropped the fucking ball. Uh, he, he was real good at that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, 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 it's not hard to fix the Eagles, though. Uh, it's it's not going to be hard to fix. Like, I don't think they're going to. A lot of blue chip players. A lot of blue yeah. chip players. I don't think they're gonna be picking in the top five next year or anything like that. Like I think they'll they'll, they'll be back in the playoffs next year. But um Jalen Hurts has he played himself out of uh the elite tier. Uh, I think honestly, I think we overrated his last year. Ah, okay. I think honestly we overrated his last year. I mean they played the Giants last year in the playoffs. Giants that that wasn't a playoff team. I don't care that they won a playoff game. We that that wasn't a playoff team. Come on, we, we all know that. Like they had the easiest schedule in the world. They beat the the Vikings. The Vikings wasn't a playoff team either. And then then they played the 49ers, no quarterback. Like they just had like a a a, a cakewalk to the Super Bowl. They did play good in the Super Bowl, but I think we overrated the playoff run. And, and what and, was and, a huge I, turning point touchdown in that Super Bowl? Jalen Hurts fumbling. Oh yeah, he did. He tried. He tried to change his shoes and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, like I, like I said, I don't. It's not gonna be hard to fix them next year. Like I, I'm pretty sure they got all their picks and whatnot. Like I don't think I think they'll be back. They do have to make some changes in the coaching staff. Like they could completely wipe it. Offense, defense, special teams, head coach. Like I mean, I don't think anyone was good on the uh, coaching staff this year. Um, yeah, they say they got the best GM in the league. Well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. If the Eagles get like a one or two seed next year, then yeah, I mean, people aren't wrong about the whole the GM and whatnot. But yeah, they just they came out they came out flat. And I was thinking when I was watching it, I was thinking of like, oh, the Eagles they'll they'll turn it around. They'll turn around. Like when they, they finally scored that touchdown, I was like, okay, now the Eagles are gonna turn around. I thought they were gonna flip this switch in the playoffs. Man, I was wrong. I couldn't believe they it. They looked worse than ever. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and they got a young quarterback. Like I, I couldn't believe it, man. <laughs> he, he let he let the, the young quarterback uh group down, man. I, I couldn't believe Jalen Hurts. Yeah, but no <clears> one was <throat> playing good, like like you said, but uh Devontae Smith and Devontae Smith is, is he's a great player. 
Well, and I think I do think AJ Brown and Devontae Smith can coexist. It only works if they are playing good football. It doesn't work when they're not playing good football. That's when people get frustrated. That's when people get upset. I want the ball more. Trying to basically put their foot in the game plan, like, oh, maybe if I get the ball more, we'll win this. Like, we'll, we'll we want to win this game, or we would have did that. That's why I think AJ Brown complains, and I think honestly. I hate to say it, but I think AJ Brown has a right to complain. I mean, he can he can run every route, he can catch any pass. I mean, if you're that talented, I I'm not really a fan of the way you do it, but wanting to be more involved in the offense because you're that good, I like I I see where he's coming from. He just has to find a better way to do it. If you get what I'm saying. What we haven't talked about a bunch. And maybe we've been, well, I mean, they did play in a garbage division and struggled with a bunch of garbage teams. But, you know, everybody's talking about the Eagles and not the team that whipped the shit out of them. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, oh, and they're heading into they're heading into next week as a six-and-a-half-point underdogs. Uh, do, we, do we give them any shot against Detroit in Detroit? True? Um, yes, <laughs> and no. Um, look, that Detroit defense, I'll give any fucking team a chance. Yeah, it's, hey, it's like Mike Evans might be tough, tough. you never know which one's gonna show up, but if good Mike Evans shows up, Rashad White has looked good, their offensive line has looked good, Baker Mayfield's got his shit together this week after kind of a down week against the Panthers. I'm just saying. You know, that Tampa Bay defense looked great against the Eagles, but the Eagles are also dog shit. Um, so I think the Lions I think the Lions have a great opportunity to do something here. And if I say so myself, I feel like we'll see the Lions uh escape with a win. But to be fair, the Lions barely escaped <laughs> their, their game this week, this past weekend. So, hey, but um, kudos to them on that. That was the only one that we got wrong. Um, you know, I thought for sure the the Rams were gonna we. we're gonna bust that ass. Uh, you know, hey, collectively, hey, look, man. Well, I guess we're gonna we're gonna make fun a of couple- you in a minute. A couple of things had to go wrong for, for the I'm Rams. just going to say when I was talking shit on Twitter about how DAR got this right and got that right, uh, I wasn't I wasn't taking that down to individual uh, individual predictions. So you should have. I, you should I wasn't. Have. No, no, no. We're a team. We're a team. It, it got said on this podcast and it was right. So it was from this podcast. <laughs> but uh, no, nah, I, I, I think the Bucks. Like I said, you never know what kind of Mike Evans you're gonna get. Chris Godwin can 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 do a little damage, and the, the Lions defense is not good. This is not a championship winning defense, so there is a chance. But I, I'm not. A, I've never been a Baker Mayfield fan, so, um, and I I like the I like the, uh, Detroit's offense, man. I like Detroit's offense. I like their offensive players. You know, you got guys like Laporta, you got, got you know, uh, Laporta, Montgomery, Gibbs, um, you know, uh, St. Brown. I, I, I think they have a really, really good, you know, really good offense. And I would like to see them at least take it 
to the NFC Conference Championship. But um, I think Baker Mayfield shits the bed next game. Is is really is really what it is. I think the Eagles were so garbage that they made the Bucks look like a really really formidable team, and I just don't think that they are as formidable as people think. So with that, something I, I was saying, um, you know, the only bright side of the Packers thing and this situation with the Bucks is, I said, well, you know, on the one hand, yeah, both teams are heating up, but on the other hand, you know, Dallas really did a lot to make the Packers look very good. The Eagles made the, a lot to make the Bucks look very good. So, yeah. Tay. I think we end up, like this one said, I think we end up with 49ers and Lions, which I think is an exciting matchup with some uh, great offensive players. Um, yeah. Obviously the 49ers defense uh, would, would take that, that, that battle, but um Still, you know, Lions got a lot of weapons on offense. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. So, and that's why I think the difference is, is that the Eagles, as much as the Eagles were touted, their offensive weapons aren't what I think people think. I guess, I mean, I don't think, you know, Devontae Smith and, you know, DeAndre Swift is is talented, but he didn't do shit, basically. Well, they didn't really give him a chance to. They only ran the ball 14 times total. Which yeah, again, and I, we go back to the I, fucking play calling of the Philadelphia Eagles, and I, and I think with the Lions, at least offensively, the Lions run a bit of a better better schemes uh, than I think the Eagles have, and I think oh, way better. St. Brown is such a like I don't see the Bucks being able to hold St. Brown uh, like that. I don't so. You know, I think if like I I even think if AJ Brown was able to play, he was healthy. I mean, Devontae Smith shitted all over the Bucks. Yeah. Uh, really, Bucks defense. It's just True. no, they couldn't do anything. They just couldn't. They couldn't get it to the end zone. They just kept making dumb mistakes. So, um, if you got St. Brown, you get Laporta out there, and he can he can make some moves. You can even put Jamison Williams in in, in in you know situation. They even put Gibbs in situations where he can you know get a, get a little short pass and he can t- t- take the fuck off. So they <laughs> they have so many talented guys. Whereas the Bucks, it's kind of like, yeah, the Lions, the defense is not great. But the Bucks, it's like you got Godwin, you got Evans, you got White. And I guess you could say uh, Otten. You know, you yeah, Otten's kind of on a little bit, definitely. You know, you can even, you know, if, if Trey Palmer tweets out something, he might have a decent game. But it's just, you know, you, you, it's too many, like, there's too many maybes and what ifs for the, for the Bucks. So that's why I'll take the Lions. I just, yeah, I just think the Lions are are a, a, a better a better squad. I'm I'm curious though, what did everybody think about the Lions and Rams game? Because I thought Stafford was about to do it. I thought <clears throat> that's what I thought. I thought Stafford was going to do it, man. Real quick, Tay Bucks Bucks Lions. Um, Bucks Lions. Wait, Eric, who did you pick? Lions. Okay. I'm just I'm just I'm just talking about, you know, are we sure the Bucks aren't, you know, don't got a chance here. The Bucks are gonna win the game. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, this is the trick we pull is if we if we claim being right as a team and then Che always just picks the opposite of what everybody else picks, we're always gonna go hundred percent. So there you go. All yeah. right, Bucks. <laughs> I like, but nah, I honestly, I take my L's and W's though. 
Like, I guess no, you're I, about to take one in a minute. I'll, so, I'll, yes, I'll take that out. Like, you know, that's on me. Y'all are right. I was wrong. Or, or somebody picked the Browns with me, but I won't. I won't say his name. But um, yeah, I, I'll take. I'll take I my, I think we I'll all take them. Didn't, didn't we all take the Browns? No, nah, yeah, we all take the Browns, but we but I wanted the Texans. No, you well, can't do that. No, nah, we're, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Okay. No, the reason I said we were right on that one is because I did spell out the exact fucking scenario that happened that would have given the Texans the win. And it happened exactly the way I said it was gonna happen. But <laughs> Bucks Lions. Why are the why are the Bucks got a shot here, Tay? Um, I think they just they am going to Detroit. You know, weather's perfect. They play indoors. Tampa plays in Tampa, you know, so weather won't be a factor whatsoever. Um, I don't know, I just think Baker Mayfield got something to prove. Like I, I like I like the story for this game. Um he came out in the first quarter. I thought he was gonna have four hundred yards the way he was coming out passing the ball. Um and like you said, Mike Evans didn't even really show up. Didn't need him, no problem. Rashad White has become a great option for them. Down the stretch of the season, he's been catching the ball very well. He didn't catch the ball much, but he's been catching the ball very well. They just got a lot of, they got a lot of options. They don't got the big name. Well, they they got they got two big names, but they they their role players. I'll call them. They show up, you know. And I think I think this defense, it reminded me a lot like that Super Bowl defense from when they had Tom Brady. Never get yeah. they were nobody really gets to Jalen Hurts like that. They were, they were in that backfield. They definitely disrupted the offensive yeah. game. No, like no question about it. You know, and um, I just think they're gonna come in and gonna stop the Lions. It'll it'll be it'll be a high scoring game. I think both teams will be in the thirties though for sure. And if you start getting heat on golf, golf will start fucking up. He did something fucking crazy in the Lions Rams game yeah. where he just threw it backwards for no reason. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of which, so true asked uh, Rams Lions. Uh, honestly, it was kind of like a reverse masterclass, uh, McVeigh. Like everything was there that I thought was going to be there. He was just calling some crazy fucking like Stafford. Like you said, Stafford looked like he was going to do it. Stafford was throwing fucking lasers. That dude was on it. And that's, he was doing all the things that made me very concerned about them. Puka Nakua fucking bad motherfucker was doing all kinds of crazy shit. Um, Stafford. Really looked like he got hurt a couple of times and kept coming back, kept playing at a at a ten out of ten level. Um, McVeigh just kept taking the ball out of his hands the worst possible fucking times. Um, yeah, it was it was it was tough, man. Um, Tay, what'd you think of that game, Lions Rams? Uh, man, I, I saw it coming. That was an easy pick, man. If you went with the if you went with the Rams, I don't know what you were thinking. Honestly, I mean, it was I, a one point I, game. Goddamn it. It was a yeah. one-point game. If you went with the Rams, <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking, man. Lions had it from the beginning. The Rams didn't stand a chance. I wasn't worried whatsoever. But, you know, the, the, the Lions are just better. It, it is better. I'm no Lions okay. fan. Don't, don't label me as that. They're just better. Like, you knew. Like, they, the Rams is like that kind of the team that would stay in it but not win it. And that's just what happened. You know, and, and somebody told me uh, Sean McVay knows uh, Jared Goff. No, he doesn't. If he knew, they would have won, but they didn't. I, I mean, it. they only scored 24 points. That's good enough. It's not like they lit him up. But he didn't, know what? he didn't have Goff in hell the way I thought he was going to, for yeah. sure. 
Yeah, I told you that was like, like I, I said, it was a Sean McVay reverse masterclass. I don't know if this motherfucker left his brain back in California or what the fuck happened. Yeah. I thought for sure that they would have all kinds of tricks in store for golf. They didn't. They oh, fucking yeah. Well, there you selling. go. That's the only answer. They must have been selling because goddamn. You know why I say they selling? Because I like I'm watching the game and I'm like, yo, yo, like, like, and even a Stafford, uh, the Stafford joint where. Cooper Cup was like right there and he just kind of like overthrew it a little bit. Like that changes the complexity of the game because then you that would have put them in field goal range at that possession. That would have put them, you know, closer to to another touch, you know, touchdown. And I thought they took, I thought one thing I will say about the Lions, they took Cooper Cup completely out of the game. And that's also honestly, so did Sean McVay. (laughs) Honestly, because and he kept taking the ball out of Stafford's hands at the worst possible times, man. Fucking first down in the red zone. It was basically every time he'd give he'd, he'd give the ball to some backup running back or some bullshit and fuck up their whole fucking sequence of plays. Because they weren't – because you stopped playing Kyron Williams, right? And I think they were playing yeah. – uh, Well, I think Kyron Williams got, got banged up. He got yeah. hurt. Yeah. Uh, he was on the sidelines. He just didn't go back. I guess he just wasn't, uh, I guess, able to, to come back, but – I think at that point, what you should have done was you just stick with your, you know, your Cooper Cups, your Demarcus Robinsons, your, um, you know, your, your, you know, Nakua's like, nobody, like nobody was doing anything with Nakua, like he was getting anything, and there was that pass where, if I'm not mistaken, was a little bit of a, uh, was a little, you know, little interfering, little hole there. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, speaking of, uh, that's another reason we might be on it with Tay. And there are people I didn't I didn't notice this that much, but there's people saying the the Lions got like seven or eight fucking great calls that went in their fucking favor during that game. So, you know, you got all the calls, you got all the bounces, still only pulled it off by one. Um, yeah, Sean McVay out there coaching like he was gonna speaking of selling, speaking of gambling chicanery. What's the shit with Laporte? Laporta's out. He might be fucking done for the year. Some motherfuckers have to score touchdowns. Not only is he back, but he's scoring touchdowns. He wasn't. He wasn't even listed. Yeah. For those people who 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 do the anytime TD stuff, he wasn't even fucking listed. Yardage not listed. His TDs not listed. Granted, I am in Atlanta, but you can still look on these sites and see who's listed and who's not. He was not listed. Because if he was, a ton of people would have bet on him. You know why? Because we know the tricks of the trade with sports books. They don't put <laughs> if, if if they don't put a player up there. Case in point, right? Tonight, the Denver Nuggets played the Philadelphia uh, Philadelphia 76ers. The for Contavious uh, uh, Caldwell Pope he is a plus two hundred to score ten points. 10 points plus 200, he scored like 12 or 13. Stuff like that, you have to notice on the sports books. When you see, because usually a KCP doing 10 points is a minus like yeah. 225 or That's 250. That's funny, yeah. When you see shit like that, you know for a fact it's some bullshit afoot. And the Porter situation, prime <laughs> example of that. Because because it was like a plus two, like, I'm sorry. The the TD score account on on Twitter said he was a plus two fifty to score a touchdown, and I'm like, he wasn't even fucking listed. And then you think about it, oh, on a live bet, maybe is that what they're referring to? 
But um, no, nah, man, I, I just, yeah, you, you can't trust these books. Uh, and you, I, I will say this in terms of sports betting. You you used at the beginning of this season, you could trust the, the Philadelphia Eagles. You could trust Jalen Hurts to go run in a touchdown. You could, you know, you could even maybe possibly trust um AJ Brown yardage for uh the Eagles. Now going into these games, I uh, want people to be mindful of several teams. This is just briefly a sp- briefly sports betting recommendations for people uh this weekend for, for the games. You're probably going to want to take a long look at the Lions, not Sam Laporta, because I mean, who knows what Laporta's if he's you know. Well, now because they know that because <laughs> now they know everybody's chasing that chasing those points. So now they'll yeah, yeah. They, now he won't get nothing. Now they'll sell that. Saint Brown was a very hot commodity for a touchdown against the Rams. I believe Saint Brown gets a touchdown and probably goes over eighty to ninety yards. If you if you do the alt shit or the over, I don't know what his, his under and over is going to be, but that's somebody to look out for uh, in that game because I don't think, like I said, the Bucks, uh, like the Bucks couldn't hold Devontae Smith. So I think Saint Brown's better than Devontae Smith. So there we go. <laughs> and I think. Oh. Well, I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say what I want to say. We've arrived. Say. Our guest of honors has not shown up. It will be hilarious if the Texans beat the Ravens, and this was his only opportunity to talk about a Ravens playoff football game. <laughs> but you need to sleep. That Metamucil kicked in. You know, you need to sleep. Very similar. Very similar to Niners and Packers. This was the parallel that I was drawing. Right there on the other side, on the AFC, it's the exact same situation. Very young team, rookie quarterback, rookie coach, and they are red hot right now coming into Baltimore to play a team that has not played meaningful football in three weeks. Also the same situation where you look at one side and it's a ton of blue chips. They have way more five-star players in the Ravens than they do on the Texans. But the hot team, the hot hand, this is how this works in the playoffs, man. The teams that get hot at the right time are extremely dangerous, especially playing against a team that hasn't played meaningful ball in this many weeks. Do we give... Oh, and by the way, what I was referring to, with Taze Browns, I said it last week, I said Joe Flacco's going to turn into a pumpkin at any fucking minute. And then you guys got into a hilarious Joe Flacco discourse. Um, But I told you it was coming. It fucking came. I'm actually... Very shocked that the Cleveland Browns defense just rolled over and died the way they did. Um, I didn't predict that, uh, but I said, "Hey, the Texans can win if if it happens. If the time comes, Joe Flacco turns into a pumpkin, like I think we're expecting him to. It happens. Yep, big troubles. Ravens, Texans. I'll look up the spread here in a minute. Um, mm. Do we give – I say yes. I give the, the Texans a chance because of the things that I spelled out, because of how hot the team is, because – and maybe he's passed this, but, man, we really haven't gotten the big Lamar Jackson shit the bed game yet, and he has one every fucking year, whether it's where he just – you just look up and all of a sudden this, he has 76 yards passing by the fourth quarter – or he gets hurt of uh, one of the two. 
and we haven't really had and we haven't had that yet. Um, so I give Texans a shot. I'm still gonna go with the Ravens, but I think the Texans hmm. got a shot. What are your thoughts? Oh, they are the Ravens are uh nine point favorites, nine and a half point favorites. So basically the same hmm. spread as the 49ers. Hmm. True. Ravens, Texans, hmm. thoughts. Um it's a t- this is a tricky this is a tricky situation, man. You know, we're looking at <clears throat> two quarterbacks staking their claim this this year in this in, in these playoffs. One of these um quarterbacks are rookie, you know, rookie and obviously in, in CJ. And then of course you have Jordan Love, who's not a rookie, but he, this is his breakout, like his breakout, breakout season right now. And it's interesting because they're both facing the, I think the teams that most people would project to be in the Super Bowl, right? I think these are like most of the year, I think people said these are two best teams. So we could be in for some Some shit. Yeah. Yeah. What if both of them win? Because that would be a fucking, I got to go make that. I got to go make that parlay. I gotta take both of them. Take both of them and put like six bucks on it. Yeah. Now, if you got the Packers, if the Packers beat the 49ers, and let's say the Packers and Texas is having a meet in the Super Bowl, like that'd be the fucking most hilarious Super Bowl of all time. For one, you got you got Jordan Love, you got you got fucking CJ. If the Texans get past this game, do we really think that they can't beat the Chiefs or the Bills as they're currently constructed? I, I think they could. I'm I'm just saying this. this okay, in my this, honest opinion, I'm gonna say the Ravens are gonna win, and the reason why I say that is because the same reason why I think the Chiefs are gonna win. I think at this moment, the one game that we have yet to have in the playoffs that we've been kind of looking for is a Lamar versus Mahomes matchup. Mm-hmm. And the script writers have scripted it so, so well so far. And I know that they're going to – you had Lamar versus CJ, which is a crazy – that's a crazy matchup in, in, in the playoffs. That's a great test for CJ against that Baltimore Ravens defense. And then you have your Jordan Love, who's, you know, rising up, and Aaron Rodgers left the Packers. And Jordan Love stepped in and said, "It's my. I'm the captain now, motherfucker. It's my team now." And he is cooking. Yeah, he so, was ridic- He was ridiculous in that Cowboys Packers game. Goddamn. Some of those pat like, whew, some of those patches, man. So if he's doing that, CJ Stroud right? was. CJ Stroud was distributing Stroud filth was on. Was cooking. doing some filthy shit. Yeah, see, and that's what I'm saying, right? And it's funny because the Packers, the, the, the Packers are doing the exact same thing they do all the time, right? They do. They they have Brett Favre, and then they passed it off to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Now you got Jordan Love, who can follow in those footsteps. And, and they the even Texans. traded the old quarterback to the Jets both times, <laughs> which is hilarious. Which is fucking hilarious. Which is right? Fucking hilarious. Never changed Jets. So you have, um, and the Texans. The Texans had you know Deshaun Watson, and you know they were a, a playoff team, formidable team, and then they upgraded, and by you know. Upgraded to CJ and CJ is looking like a like he's a fucking star. But I think 
like I said, I think all good things eventually come to an end. And I think the one good thing that's happening here that will come to an end is that um, uh, I, I think they're going to, I hate, I hate to say this, but I think this is, I think this is the end of the road for, um, for the Texans. I think if they had Tank Dell, I think this would be an even better matchup personally. You know, I think, Tank Dell would have gave, gave you know gives him another weapon to utilize. I think you got your Dalton, you know Dalton Schultz and and you know, guys like that. And I like it's like he's 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 inconsistent for one, right? He, he's inconsistent for one, and I, I, I you know Nico Nico's the only guy I think you can trust as a primary offensive weapon. So. Um, I think you know. Obviously, the Ravens have their have their their issues too, but I think we'll uh, you know. I think we'll see the Ravens pull it out. Uh, you know, pull out a pull out a win. I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. I think it's going to come down to the end, and I think Lamar is going to show everybody why he's the MVP. But I also think CJ is going to show everybody why he is is obviously you know like rookie of the year and all that other stuff but um yeah I, I, it's just I, it, it's it's hard though because like I, like i i'm almost mad because it's like damn i wish the texans were all, like going against like the bills or the chiefs you know like like i, I want to see something like that but unfortunately you know um i just think the ravens a little, little too strong Got a little too much. And, uh, yeah, that'll be what it is. Hey, Texans, Ravens. I mean, we know what your inclination is to do since me and True picked. Oh, my goodness. The timing Uh-oh. is perfect. Uh-oh. <laughs> we got a guest joining in here in a minute. <laughs> Look at the face. He's so excited. So, me and True just got done. Hold on, I'll wait for his audio to connect. There it is. Me and True just got done picking the Ravens over the Texans. Uh, but I'll, I'll go over the concerns with you in a minute there. But this is perfect timing because Tay might be about to pick the Texans. Look at it, look at the smile on his face. All right, Tay, what do you got, man? Well, like I said, week one, I'm never picking the Ravens. I'm going with the Texans. <laughs> they, they they got a young quarterback, young wide receivers. You know they they just young, pretty much young old line. They they young corners, young safeties. They just they they're youthful all all across youth, the board. Youth is on their side. <laughs> yeah, that's I think they're they're youth man. That they're youth will put them over the Ravens. I think they're gonna catch the Ravens slipping. Ravens been they've been at home not practicing. You know it was it's been snowing. They ain't been getting that, that practice they should be getting in. You know, they're going to come out flat. <laughs> yeah, no man. evidence of that whatsoever. That was actually fucking hilarious. That was actually yeah. pretty fucking hilarious, actually. <laughs> uh, when you say it like that, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely I'm, I'm definitely going to Texas, you know. I I think that the Ravens, I think the Ravens road, the trip, they're, they're done. It's that, that first and last game in the playoffs. And I think Lamar Jackson is going to have 143 passing yards. You know how he gets. He, he's bound to do that. He'll have a 
you know, <laughs> had one of them bad games. You know, he doesn't like, really throw for too many yards often. So. What's that like? Like Joe Flacco? Huh? It's the yeah. Browns. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Joe Flacco. <laughs> Oh, we have been joined by the Baltimore Axe Man himself, Jeff Axel. So, Axe, the concerns that I brought up is two things. And it's the same concerns I brought up about the 49ers, by the way. And I also brought up the parallel. But the 49ers and the Ravens are basically in the exact same situation right now. Both teams have not really played meaningful ball in three weeks. And both teams are playing against the youngest and hottest teams in their conference up next. So it's the ultimate combination of you might be rusty, but you also have to play the team that nobody wants to play. Uh, And also, we haven't seen the Lamar stink bomb yet all year, and he usually got at least one in him, or he gets hurt in the game. So between those concerns, first of all, Tell us all about uh, how you felt about Tate's Browns against the Texans last week. <laughs> and- I enjoyed them marinating in that loss. I enjoyed the two pick sixes. I enjoyed CJ Stroud marching up and down the field on them boys. Like that historic defense gave up 45 points. You wanted to talk about how elite that defense was. When it mattered, they boo booed on themselves, brother. They were letting them score. Come on. <laughs> It was actually to give them more confidence so they'd be better against their division rivals, the Ravens. Yeah, they were letting them score. They, only, they really only scored like 14 points, if we're being real. They had two big sixes, and they were getting a ball on their side of the field. They only scored like 14 points. So I'm not going to oh, – defense is still elite. That's foolishness because <laughs> C.J. Stroud had three touchdowns. So that's foolishness. I mean, they're getting the ball in the red zone. I mean, you better score. Get a seventy-five yard touchdown. What are you talking yeah, that's about? One of them, yeah, one. That's, that's it. They're, Drove they're, down the field on them boys when Nico Collins touchdown. Yeah, but as far as the game, the two touchdowns. That's what I'm talking about. Everything else, <laughs> you're inside the five. On <laughs> like, I mean, you better score a touchdown. The nasty thing about you, the disgusting <laughs> thing about you, is that you're born and raised in Maryland. And you have a disdain for the Ravens being a fucking Commanders fan. The number two pick in the draft. We ain't even in the same damn division. You would think you a Steelers fan the way you just shit on us so much. It's disgusting being a Maryland resident. That's just off the rip. But as far as the game is concerned, um, I believe that Lamar's going to have a big day. Houston is definitely better than the first time we've seen him in week one. Um, CJ Shroud is elite. We've got to try to get pressure on him, though. Hopefully our defense translates. Hopefully we're locked in. Seems like we're locked in. Um, It's a sense of urgency because it's a lot of players that are free agents, like Justin Matabike and Patrick Queen. They're free agents, so it's a sense of urgency to get it done because a lot of guys aren't going to be able to be re-signed and the team would be different next season. So I think it's do or die. I think the Ravens come with that sense of urgency. And they win by about, like, 14 points. I think Houston might have a drive or two. Where they, but we ain't giving up 45 like Cleveland did. Uh, I just don't see that coming. And I love what Houston got going on. Like, we got to get a ring this year because them boys is coming. Like they're going to be around for a while. So 
Yeah. Sense of urgency, I, I believe, like, we're, we're going to win this game. I'm confident. Well, there we go. And with that, head on down to center court. Time for some NBA. All right, we're in here. We got the panel. NBA experts. True, you don't seem very impressed. Again, like last week, like last week. That uh that that uh Sixers Nuggets game was pretty fun. Um, but otherwise, thoughts on the NBA right now. I think we're about to get into the thick of things. I think we're like as we're doing this right now, the Clippers and the Thunder are having a solid first quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the Kings and the Suns are having a decent game too. I I can't check the scores, but um, I think the they call it what Rivals Week, I believe, on um, was it TNT or ESPN or something like that or whatever. And I think that's going to be what changes the 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 complexity of everything in this uh you know in this season. Because you're gonna start seeing more like more Lakers Clippers games, more uh, even Warriors and Lakers. You know the Warriors suck. Um, you're gonna see like the the Suns and uh, I mean we've already seen Suns and Lakers, but you know uh, you'll see the Suns go against some, some good teams. You'll see the um, you know the, the the I think the Knicks and the Nets are gonna have some games. So I think you'll start seeing more matchups that actually matter. Teams kind of jockeying for position. You also have like the 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 playing situation in the West is pretty much damn near dead even in a sense of like you got the Warriors, they have 22 losses, they're in 12. You have the Rockets, I think, are the 11th. I think they got 20 or 21 losses. The Lakers, 21 losses. The um the Suns have like 19 losses or something like that. Um, the Jazz, 20 losses. That's <clears throat> that's what we're looking at going forward. And I think you're you're gonna see those teams either make trades or turn it up a notch. And that's what that's what you need right now, right? That's what we need in the NBA. We need teams that can turn this shit up a fucking notch. And that's just yeah, that's just where we're at right now, bro. Like there's no focus right now outside of a couple teams. I think the Thunder, the Clippers, those are teams. Obviously, you, the, those are two top teams. You know, the 76ers and the Nuggets, those are two top teams. That's why these games are entertaining because these are top teams. You have to see, you know, if the, you, you got to get like a Celtics and 76ers game. You got to get the Clippers against, you know, the, the Wolves and, and shit like that. That's when you get games that are that are actually enticing to watch. Otherwise, it's just not a lot of it, you know? It's just, just not a lot of it right now. And it sucks, but that's the that's that's the NBA right now. So, night, like, small slates like tonight where it's three games, those are the best fucking nights in the NBA now because those are marquee matchups that they put on the schedule. And tomorrow, they probably have, like, what, 10 or 11 games, 9 or 10 games. And everyone, like eight of those games, are gonna be blowouts and suck. 
They're going to suck. They're going to be blowouts. They're going to suck. Because that's the NBA right now. I'm not impressed. Um, I'm disappointed in this season. I think the MVP race is actually a fucking joke right now. And I think, and I'm going to say this, and I don't know if I said this earlier in the season, but I mean this. I'm tired of the NBA having only three fucking people that they want to put in the MVP conversation and keep them there. And this goes back to, I think, a, a conversation we had prior. And I think, Eric, I think you might have brought this one up about the foreign players. I think this came up before. Yeah. I was going to say this. Jokic, great. Embiid, great. Um, Fucking uh, Giannis, great. But let's look at the number one team in the West right now is still the Minnesota Timberwolves. The best player on the Minnesota Timberwolves is Anthony Edwards. Why the fuck is Anthony Edwards like seven for eighth in your MVP tracker? He's averaging like what, 27, 28 or some shit? He's he's playing at a great, he's fucking playing at a great rate. Uh, SGA right now, you know, OKC is what, second in the West? Why is he not ranked higher than Jokic? Because Jokic is averaging, oh, Jokic is averaging 20. Da, da. Like, okay, I get it. But Jokic also has, like tonight, they lost, but Jokic is getting damn near 20 from Jamal Murray. He's getting, uh, you know, occasionally 15 from Michael Porter Jr. Aaron Gordon has been solid this year. We could look at OKC and look at, you know, your Jalen Williams and, and your Chets and all that stuff like that. But SGA is the one who makes this thing run. You know, they got, obviously, Pito, Josh, Josh Giddy over that motherfucker. But, like, I think they need to be higher in the MVP talk. And it's it's annoying me. It's because every time I see the MVP ladder, it's Embiid at the top. Which, that's fair, I guess. Embiid, you know, but I don't I don't like watching Embiid play like that, honestly. Um, you know, it's 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 and then if it's not MB, Giannis, or Jokic, then who's the other guy they usually put somewhere at the bottom of that? It's Luca. And like that's a problem for me. You know, like Anthony Edwards should be right there in that conversation. He should be in that to me, he should be in the top three because who does he have offensively? Carl Anthony Towns is a bitch. We've already said this. Carl Anthony Towns is a bitch. Uh, and he's okay. And, you know, Tay calls him old. I think Tay called him old. Last uh, this, this is how the old conversation started. But it's like, yo, like Anthony Edwards has Rudy Gobert, French Wee Wee Man, whatever, and fucking Carl Anthony Towns, the worst co-stars you could fucking have. And at number one, like offensively, Rudy Gobert sucks, although I think he did like a Euro step and the other day and I laughed. I thought that was kind of funny. And like he's doing good with the, with the defense, but like Anthony Edwards is there driving force on offense. SGA driving force on offense. Jokic is a driving force on offense. Jokic is not a like amazing defender. So I I, I hate this like, oh, Giannis is there and MB's there because they both are like really good defenders and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, okay, well, Jokic ain't that great. So like, why is he always in the MVP conference? Like, it's just, it's just bullshit. I think there's a big man renaissance and a big guard renaissance because Luca's like, you know, whatever. 
And I just think we need to give credit where credit's due for your SGAs and Anthony Edwards because Anthony Edwards has been a superstar this year and he should be first team all NBA, in my opinion, and an all-star, which I'm pretty sure he'll be an all-star. But I just wish, like I said, I just wish they give. That's the thing that's been pissing me off about the NBA. It's just, it's just, it's just a it's just a league, you know, of, of Giannis. Jokic and B, those are the three guys that they're going to keep going to, and I wish they didn't do it just that way. But you know, it is what it is, man. That's all I can say. Max, NBA thoughts. Well, I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum as far as uh, I'm enjoying the parody of the league. I just feel like it's a lot of quality young talent. Um, Paolo Banchero since December 25th, he's been averaging 27, seven and six in his second year doing that for the magic. I feel like he's one of the most slept on young players. Like that team is about fourth or fifth in the East and him and Franz Wagner, they're spearheading that. You know, it's good to see OKC play at such a high level. With Jalen Williams and SGA, who should be an MVP candidate, I'm gonna agree with True on that. It's um dope to see Minnesota play at a high level. I don't know how it translates in the playoffs because of Carl Anthony Towns, but I agree with True again. Ant Man should be an MVP hunt. He's been playing better defense this season too. That's another thing that's been noticeable. Um, Celtics winning. The starting lineup is in there. They've looked good. Um, the Knicks have looked fairly good with the OG and Anobi acquisition. Embiid playing at the MVP level. He's probably the MVP right now. He's getting 40 and 10 games like it's nothing. He's playing at such an elite level. So it's a lot of parity. Um, trade deadline's on February 8th. So that's when things should get shaken up. I believe a lot of moves are coming because a lot of teams are so close within the standards. It's like not a clear-cut favorite. Some people view Boston. Some people view Milwaukee. Some people view Denver. Some people think the Clippers. But it's a lot of a lot of hungry teams out there. So you still got Pelicans playing fairly well. So I, I feel like it's a lot of young talent. It's a changing of the guard. I'm actually enjoying the Warriors slipping, too. I love that shit. Hope it continues. Hope multiple <laughs> players get traded. Dynasty over. But yeah, like I'm enjoying the season. I hope they miss the playoffs. I hope the Lakers miss the playoffs. But them teams are probably going to make moves. I'm interested to see what they do. Hey, <clears throat> NBA thoughts. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with X. Um, I like that it's not the same, the same stuff. LeBron in the finals, and I, I like that we have no idea what's to come in the playoffs. You have no idea who's doing what. You have no idea what's uh, you know, like who's the best team. I don't like the MVP race too. I agree with True on that. It's like I was talking talk to my friends about this the other day. It's like they pick three players. And wait for the, all three of them to win it, and they cycle and they cycle them out, and they bring another three players in. Like it before this, it was like Harden, Westbrook, and someone like they always do this. I don't, I don't think they really look at who's playing the best. They just they pick three players, 
and they put them at the top every year, and they cycle them through, let them win one or two each, and they move them on. They'll never win it again. Like I've been noticing that, and that that's how the MVP's race has been for a while. Like you can't you can't win the MVP and then five six years later come back and win again. No, not not anymore. Not anymore. They're not gonna let you do that. You gotta you gotta get it in that, and you got like a five or six year span to get it. And they're gonna bring in three players. Like I think the next team it's gonna be like Tatum, Ant Man, and, and Luca. Then them three, they're gonna win their MVPs and they're gonna cycle them out. But yeah, I agree a lot on that MVP thing. Like they they don't look at who's the best player in the best team. You know, they just keep the same players in there. So yeah, you, you hit that on the nail with that. I hundred percent agree with that. But um, yeah, um, still staying strong on the Timberwolves in the finals. I'm not flipping. I'm, I'm gonna stick with that. Knicks been great. You know, OG and Obi better than what anyone thought. People thought we were getting a, a trash can, but we got a generational defender, a wing stopper. <laughs> we got we got a LeBron stopper, KD stopper. Whoever you need to stop, we got him on our team now. You're talking like there you find Ron Artest, man. I better. He's way better than Ron <laughs> And younger. Way better. Shit. That's all I need to say. He's way better than Ron Hey, man, hold up, 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 hold up. This is like fucking hold witchcraft. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You call it as a, I, I, so I, I was I was in the middle of handling something at the time. So I was on mute. Did you just call OG Ananobi a generational defender? Yes, he is. Gen- generational. Yes. I'm. I'm gonna need you to go <laughs> to the dictionary. My my. my well, I know what generational means. There is no wing defender. The OG Ananobi is not a generational. He's Who's not generational. No, there's no better wing defender than him right now in the NBA at, at all. It's not even close. The defense in the NBA sucks. So I'm not going to call he's nobody generational. He's clearly nobody generational in this, in this league right now. Nah, you know why nobody's generational? Because the defense sucks. This league is an offense-driven league now. Nah, Even if you look at the defensive ratings of the teams right now, the defense still be sucking it. Motherfuckers still be having 130, 120, 140 game. Nah, it's a faster-paced league. The, the, back then, the offenses were terrible. You had to post up and and stuff like that. They now you have free offense. That's an offense driven league. I I think OG is very he's a very good defender. I do think he's a good defender. Um, a bronze stopper. I would hope someone at, at this nigga's like fifty five years old. I would hope he's stopping LeBron at this age. Tatum stopper. Anyone you can name of, he's gonna stop him. You said also you said a Tatum stop. Any, well, anybody you can think of, I got OG. Man, you know we played wait, 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 in the wait. series, right? Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You think OG is stopping Tatum? Oh, easily. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to agree with you because Wiggins slowed down Tatum two years ago. <laughs> so, if, if Wiggins can do it, then OG. Last time we played OG and Anobi, Jalen Brown gave him 31, 10, and 6. No, nah, he didn't. No, nah, he was scoring on Siakam and stuff. I watched that entire game just because you said that. You said that garbage. No, he didn't. Wait, speaking of which, speaking, I'm so glad you brought that up, Tay. Siakam is is apparently about to be traded to the Pacers for, I believe, three or four first-round picks in Bruce Brown. Yeah, three ones in Bruce Brown. Pacers are uh, not, not, 
not trying to wait. Well, they're they're trying to trying to make that move into the other tier. They got this Halliburton thing is going. He's going fucking crazy. Well, he need to get back. He need to get back and be healthy. That's one. Yeah. Um. Two. Does Siakam really move the needle for them? No. Yes. Oh, oh no. I don't think. Absolutely not. I don't. They need another does. shot creator. They need another shot creator. This yes. isn't the one. Like, this is a young team. You don't just go out and get a thirty-year-old and just, like they. I don't oh agree with gosh. giving up three first-round picks. You got to be but more. They need another that. shot creator. He's a twenty-point-per-game scorer. Yes. At times, like everybody else on that team needs Halliburton to feed them. They need somebody to go and like get it themselves. He, he's not a great closer. He's not really clutch, but he's another shot creator, and they need that. Everybody right, else but, is like a spot of shooter. Okay. But like this is the All end, right. though. They they make oh. this trade, and this is gonna this is gonna be the team, and they're gonna suck. They're gonna be in a play in in two years, and they're gonna be on the decline. And, and Siakam's gonna be thirty seven. Like I don't I don't think this is a good move. I think for it. What is Siakam? I'm just I'm I'm That's why you gotta say he's thirty seven. What did he jump ten years? He's twenty nine right now. Like like for real though, like. Mm. This whole team is young. I think he doesn't fit the, the timeline for the team. Like you got to get someone of age so they can all develop together. And not who, who is that player though? Which players on the market? It's not on the market now. You have to be patient. You don't have to like the Cavs jump the guns, get Donovan Mitchell. They suck. They're not gonna win anything. Mm. They're gonna have to. They're gonna trade. The Donovan Mitchell's overrated, but that's I, a, whole that's a good point though. I get what you're saying, but like sometimes. When you taste some success, you don't have to jump the gun necessarily, make that big trade and be stuck. Like I don't think I don't think this is a trade for the Pacers. Like they do this, they're gonna suck. Like that's they're gonna be the same thing. But you know what? I'm gonna agree with you for one reason and, and one reason only. Siakam is a free agent this upcoming season. Oh, so this boy. is essentially a rental, a rental for three to four months. If if really, we're not even really not even that. Like two to three months. Yeah. So I think this is when you when you mortgage, uh, you're mortgaging your future if you send in three first round picks, because you don't know what that first round pick you're trading away could turn into. It could go bad. It could go, or you could trade it, hold it, and trade it for somebody else in the off season who might be available. They got some cap room. You know, they don't have a little cap room. They can move some assets and stuff. And I mean, like Bruce Brown hasn't obviously worked out. I think. They got a couple guys over there, in, uh, you know, with their team, uh, you know, Benedict and uh, uh, Walker, I think Walker and, and, and some other guys over there. They, they got a, a nice talent of young guys. Now, I do I, I do disagree in the sense that I don't think there's anything wrong with getting an older player if it's the right older player that actually can help kind of be that driving force. Like, even when, the, like, when the, like, uh, like since X, I, I did hear X, I, I couldn't respond because I was just – like talking to somebody, but I couldn't, but I heard him say he's enjoying the Warriors downfall. Uh, fuck you, X. One, but I was going to say like, with the Warriors, they were a slightly, they weren't young, young, but they were like in their, you know, in the beginning of their run and the, the veteran that they needed, the, the two vets that they really needed were guys like David Lee and Andre Iguodala. You have to have a veteran who's willing to take uh, like a backseat role and not be a primary focus. If you put a Siakam on a team, he's 
automatically the, the second best player on the team. So he's he's gonna he's gonna have a role which demands a lot of attention. He's also playing for a contract and he wants to max. That's the worst person to trade for, in my opinion, for a young team that has three to five years of potential playoff contention, depending and maybe longer, depending on you know the moves they make. So I I don't think he moves the needle. I think if he was gonna be somebody. I, I, and I hate this idea, but I thought the Warriors would have ended up trading trading for him only because of the fact that it seemed like if he if they need a rental, he's that's the team that needs a rental, right? Like the Lakers would, would want a rental, the Warriors will run a rental, maybe the Suns would want a rental. Um, you know, like teams like that. I think those are teams that want rentals. Not the Pacers who have their starting point guard for the next 10 years. So I, I think Siakam can help. But it's like, what if he decides he, he really does want to test free agency and he doesn't want to stay? What if he does want to get a max deal and be number one somewhere else? I don't really know what team he'll be number one on, but... You know what I mean? Like you just—it's just you're just leaving too much to chance. I wouldn't make that trade unless unless he was willing to one take a pay cut because I think he's he's overpaid already. And me personally, but um, you know, one take a pay cut and two, you know, he has to commit to the future of the team. So if he can't commit to the future of the team, then I you know, and even then, like I, I hate to say, it, I hate to agree with Tay, but like he's old. Kind of, he old, so he getting. I'll never do this again. I saw you. I saw you. I saw you fist pump. Never, never agree with you again. <laughs> you know? But well, I might be like, mis. I might be mixing people up. I might be misremembering this. But doesn't Siakam like really love Toronto? Wasn't isn't that a thing? I think he did. I think that's why he signed his deal. The big deal. So, he got. so <laughs> what if he just? What if they did this with the understanding that he's just gonna come right back in free agency? I don't think I think there's a I think there's just a saying. rule against that. I, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think there's a rule against it because I remember when like the Warriors traded Iguodala and he was just on uh, on what, Memphis for like a whole year and then then he went to uh, the Heat I think or something like that. Like I think there was no like people were like oh he's gonna eventually come back to the Warriors which he did but it was like a whole reason why he couldn't. I can't remember what the what the rules rules are on that, but I mean. I don't think Siakam wants to be in Toronto anymore because I don't think Toronto sees a point of having him. Honestly, I think well, clearly when they made the trade, <laughs> you know, when they made the trade for a quickly and, and Barrett and you got Scotty Barnes, I think Scotty Barnes can play the three and the four. I think he's really a four. Siakam is your four. So I think Scotty Barnes fits better for the future of the, of the team. And I think that's, kind of a part of the issue because the, the Raptors are not a good team. They're not like they haven't been a good team since really they fucking won the championship. Really? <clears throat> like they were decent. They've been like competing and like for playoff spots. But they have not been like the number one, number two team like they were then. So you know I, I don't think I just don't think they have um a desire to keep Siagam. And I think with Siagam 
Siakam is Siakam is gonna be a, a a contributor on whatever team he gets traded to if he gets traded, which is why I keep thinking that the Warriors are gonna be the team to get him. I just don't know what they would use to get him because they already have RJ Barrett. They don't want Wiggins. I wouldn't give up Kaminga. Um, so I don't really see I don't really see a path for that one. But at the same time, like a, a team in that position where you're struggling and you need a 20-point scorer who can create his own shot and and can pass. Because you know, Siakam is, is a fairly decent passer. So it's just once again, I, I don't I don't know what he does for the Pacers. Really, I think the Pacers need to get rid of Miles Turner, though. I've said this before, I'll continue to say it. They need to get rid of Miles Turner. Miles Turner is dog water. He is doo-doo. That motherfucker does not do anything, in my opinion. He don't do anything to help the team. And all that defensive shit, people just talking about, like, Miles Turner, he's a rebound, he can defend, and all that stuff. They were saying he's not a great rebounder. He's not a good, great defender. Um, So I don't, I don't see it. But I do have a question to all of y'all. <clears throat> My question is, what team do you think bef- before we reach January 25th, and this is the reason why now, because a, a lot of players are available now. So before we reach January 25th, what team do you think is going to make a blockbuster move? And what team do you think is not going to do shit, but they need to? And I'll add um, X. Let's go to let's go with X first because I know. As far as a blockbuster move, I believe I think Dallas tries to make a trade. I don't know for who. I saw <laughs> they Siakam, were in the Siakam mix. Will Siakam help Dallas? Does he fit? He will fit better there than he would in Indiana. As a third option, I, I I would like him in a third option role, honestly. I agree. I agree. That makes sense. But um, yeah, I think Dallas tries to make a move. The team that needs to do something, but I don't think they'll do anything. I still think Milwaukee needs perimeter defenders and some youth in the backcourt, but I I don't know. They might stand pat since they've been playing a little better recently. Those are my two. What about you, Tay? Um, a team I think needs to make a move. Uh, the Kings. I think the Kings. They they pretty much the same team as last year, and they got the stuff. I I heard they've been on the phone and whatnot. They got the stuff to trade. I think they just need to. They just need to do it. Like whether they think they're Kyle Kuzma away. I don't know about that or Zach Levine. I really think Zach Levine fits perfect here. But um, yeah, I think they need to. They really need to do something. They should try to make their team better because it's the same team as last year, and probably that doesn't work. Bringing back the same team, you know, not adding anything different because they dropped off. Like they're not. They're not as good as they were last year, which is fine. They're still a playoff team, but they're not as good as they were last year. So I do think they need to add something to the roster to improve. And what about a team that needs to make a move that you don't think is actually going to make a move? Um, oh, man. I think the Hawks. I think they need to do something. They suck. They, 
you know, they they suck and they do the they 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 sucked for a while now. And again, they're another team. They bring back the same roster and they they expect different results. I think they do need to make a move. Um, Bogdanovich is definitely getting traded. You think so? Yeah, hella contenders going want Bogdanovich. Well, Dejounte Murray is on the block too. They say so, and I'm and and, and being here. Being here, I see the local news in Atlanta. So the big talk on Atlanta local news is DeJounte Mary is pretty much like that's the buzz amongst local reporters. It's like he's pretty much a, a done deal. I just don't know, like 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 I know the Lakers want him. He doesn't move the needle for me with the Lakers. Uh but I don't think that's my team who I think needs to make a move but probably won't make a big move is the Lakers. And the reason why is because nobody wants their dog shit ass assets. Um, <laughs> nobody wants D'Lo. Nobody wants Austin Reed. You got was it Max Christie and and Cam Reddish, Torian Prince. Nobody wants these niggas. Nobody wants Rui. them. <laughs> Rui. like it's just nobody wanted them before. So it's like if they go, if nobody wanted you before, and then you go to a team you play worse than you play at the previous spot, why would you know be coveted? Reeves is the only one. Who there's nothing to kind of go off of, right? Because Reeves, you know, got kind of got his shine with the Lakers, but he's he's quote unquote regressed. Uh, you know, to me, he's regressed a little bit this year. So it'll be interesting to see how they, you know, how, how, how they how they look at how, how they look at this this whole situation with uh with with the Lakers and stuff like that. But I, I do agree. I do agree that the Hawks need to make a move. Um not not to compete with anybody, not to could be a, a a playoff team, but I just think the the Dejounte Murray Trey Young thing was a short sighted idea, and I don't think it works. And you you right, I think uh, actually right about Bogdanovich. I think a lot of teams gonna want him. He's solid. I think Sadiq uh, Sadiq Bay is another one that people are kind of looking at too. So um, you know, there's a couple there's a couple guys on that team that could be useful elsewhere. Um, and I think, I think the, the, I was going to actually also agree with Tay on the, on, on the Kings. I think the Kings, I think the Kings, like when they traded for Sabonis uh, initially anyway, I think the one thing that's holding them back is that they have guys who aren't the best contributors anyway. In terms of like your Harrison Barnes, your your Kevin Herders, like they're decent players in that rotation here and there, but they're way too inconsistent. And if you would get rid of a you know Kevin Herder and a Harrison Barnes and you know maybe another bench player or something like that, and bring in a Zach Levine, which is of course they covered Zach Levine. Or if you want to bring a Kuzma, I don't think Kuzma really is. I don't think Kuzma really fits. But I think they need a uh, they need a they need a two guard that can that can contribute. I think putting Fox and Levine together, uh, not 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 the greatest um, uh, defensively. That's 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 I mean, but shit, they don't really play that much defense anyway. So um, I don't know. I it, I think the Kings definitely they're a playoff team. Obviously not third seed esque, but. Yeah, they they they're a playoff team and they definitely need something to kind of get them going. And I think that would be probably the best 
probably the best choice is to probably go with Zach Levine, but there's also rumors that the Lakers want Zach Levine. Once again, he don't really solve their problems in terms of defense. The the, the Lakers' problem has been maintaining consistent defense. So, um, I don't know. I, uh, yeah. Uh, let me ask you, Eric. What do you think, Eric? Who, 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 who you got, man? Who you got, I need – I need the Spurs to get some sort of decent, like you were just laying out a little while ago, these teams in order to elevate, they need a vet who knows what the fuck they're doing, who knows how to take a back seat. Anything to help support getting Wemby rolling in the direction that he needs to get rolling in on a consistent basis is what they need to do. So I need them to get, to send out some of these young guys who do have talent, but who think they need to be the star of the show. You need to get them out and get some vets in there who will facilitate this guy becoming what he is clearly on his way to becoming. No, I agree. I agree. They, they watching Spurs games is the worst. Yeah. Because <laughs> one be for one coach pop. I think coach pop needs to hang it up. That's it. I think he needs to hang it up. I've been saying it for a while. It, his heart's not in the game no more. I think his style is passing by a little bit. And I just feel like Wimby is a great prospect. He's a fucking beast. This dude is averaging like a, a million blocks. He is putting up 20 and 10 damn near every game. In 21 to 23 minutes. I know he's not really a popular character around here, and I know we continually cover the subject of how this coach can't fucking handle rotations properly, but, you know, there's a team with a distributor, floor general-type point guard that has an aging team that could use an infusion of young talent out there on the West Coast. I don't know, maybe get Chris Paul over there to to the Spurs, send some of these young guys out to the Warriors, help them get head start on that refresh instead of fucking around and burning to the ground like they are right now. I I, That's I, an idea. Absolutely, I absolutely agree with you that uh, a point guard like Chris Paul would actually be perfect for uh, Wemby because nothing Chris Paul loves more than, than a big. Um, he, hell, he, he, he damn near spends most of his time in Golden State getting Sark, Dario Sark, as many open looks as possible. And then the other way around, you know, the Warriors clearly desperately need a refresh. Take some of those young, talented players and send them over there in that deal. That's, there you go. Well, so my issue, this would be my issue with that, is when I look at the, the Warriors and I look at the players in the Spurs, my question is, which young players do you trade? The Devin Vassell, do you trade him, who is the second best player who's, who's, uh, on the Spurs this year besides Wimby? Do you go for Keldon Johnson? Do you, you know, Trey Jones? Like, this is, a, this is the questions where it does get a little, you know, a little hard to figure out. Because Chris Paul is making $31 million this season. So you have to match that salary because the Warriors are well above their tax apron and they cannot take in any extra salary. 
So that's the tough part about doing that. But I do think Chris Paul, if Chris Paul, Chris Paul's obviously not going to be a Golden State Warrior next year. I don't even think he makes it to the trade deadline because I think the Warriors know he's making too much money. They need rotation players. They need guys who can score. They need guys who can defend. You can, you know, there was a rumor um, of Kevon Looney and Chris Paul in several picks to the Atlanta Hawks for CP3 to be Trey Young's backup and DeJounte Murray would go and play for the Golden State Warriors. With Clint Capella being another piece of that trade. Now, I don't know if that's a possible trade. I don't think it necessarily makes the Warriors a much better team, but I think it's an improvement for what they have. So that's possible. You just It just requires, of course, the Hawks to value picks over players. So that's it. That, that That's all, you know. That's well, all I can, I can say. We value all you listeners picking us <laughs> over these over these last months and uh, this week. Stay tuned for later on this week. Weekend Wrestling will be coming up. Interesting, as always. A lot of interesting developments in the world of wrestling. Uh, and, of course, we'll be back next week seeing how all of these predictions ended up landing or not landing. Excited for that. As always, like the woes of the Warriors, like the Texans' offense against the elite Browns' defense, the world of DAR never stops. 